Let's Talk. Welcome to the podcast, Talk About It. My name's Perea, and every episode I have one of my friends on the podcast, and we talk about our own experiences with mental health and therapy. I honestly think that if we all just talk about it more, we can help erase the stigma and normalize it. On the first episode, I'm talking to one of my best friends, Rojan, about something we both struggle with, and that is body dysmorphia, body issues, and diet culture. We talk about how our relationships with our physical body can really affect our mental health. And although we've both struggled with body image for a long time, we actually realize that our experiences have been quite different. So if that's something you're interested in or you think you might be able to relate, I highly recommend this episode. And buckle in because it's a long one. When Rojan and I get together, we kind of don't shut up. So my first guest, uh, and it's weird to call her a guest. It's very formal. <laughs> one of my best friends, Rojan. Hello. I've known, hi. Um, who I have already been talking to for like an hour and a half. I know. <laughs> And who I've known for 15 years. We've been friends for over half our lives, which is insane. And thank you for being my first guest. Yeah, of course. I'm so I'm just so excited that you're finally doing this because, yeah, I feel like you have a lot of great things to say and a lot of experiences, a lot of stuff that even us as friends, I think our group, you know, growing up together, things that we all kind of knew about each other, but it's taken many years to kind of put um, names to it or work words to it to really understand so I think this is just such a great way after kind of going through the journey of being kids and teenagers and now adults trying to figure things out to kind of connect in this way and and talk it out yeah I think that's also really interesting and something that I really like about how people are talking about mental health Mm -hmm. more and having names for these things is like everyone's been through shit like everyone has their trauma Mm -hmm. and like whatever they've gone through and I do find a lot of times people don't even realize that what they went through is trauma like 100% is yeah like I'm not gonna say who it was but someone I know who recently wanted to go to therapy Um, had their consultation and that therapist specialized in trauma Mm. and they were like oh I don't know if I'm supposed to go to them because I don't really think that I have trauma and I'm like no that's everyone does Mm -hmm. like it's because you think of it as like PTSD like oh going to war or something you're like well that didn't happen to me so I don't think what I've been through is considered trauma but like it's all encompassing totally and I think now that we're older we finally have like names for the things that we've been through and we can and just like recognizing it in a step is like is a huge step in itself and being able to talk about it because I mean we always were comfortable with each other and like I don't want to generalize but like a lot of girls we've always been open to talking mm-hmm. to each other mm-hmm. as friends but I think especially in recent years we've become even more um just open like with like even some of the more like vulnerable things that we might not have shared to each other totally. or even like admit to ourselves and I think that's like actually been really healing because like now that I'm actually saying that stuff out loud and like acknowledging it and recognizing it and giving a name to it it's actually helping me like get over a lot of mm-hmm. these things one thing that I've also noticed with all this um is through doing this so So this is kind of what I've noticed with um, a lot of people in our friend group and people around us is as each of us um, starts their own journey towards therapy and and healing and and learning these things about ourselves, which we always say, like, therapy's the best. Like, I everybody should have access like it just should be 
a human right for everybody to have access, like regardless of gender, age, sexuality, um, economic status, like it should just be something everyone should have access to good therapy because through this healing and learning things about yourself and feeling more vulnerable, like I've never felt Mm -hmm. closer to my friend group than I I have like recently because it's felt so much more comfortable um, to be able to identify things within myself that like maybe I didn't recognize on my own but have been able to now through therapy and through then sharing with friends and other friends who have gone through experiences who've also been going through therapy who can then identify and it's just been a lot more validating because you feel seen you feel heard you feel closer you feel more vulnerable you don't feel alone 100% which you know you always hear people saying like you're not alone you're not alone you know we all go through things but until you kind of have that enlightenment feeling and and are able to Mm -hmm. then reconnect with people you love you're like ah, I I I get what they mean now like I I get it right off the bat I just want to say and I'm probably going to say this every episode is and I think you agree because of what you just said I think literally everyone can benefit from therapy I don't think there's a single person on this planet who can't benefit I know there are people out there who think I don't need it because they think that they have to have it's just like the way we talk about it you think that you have to have gone through Mm -hmm. a specific kind of again trauma Mm -hmm. to like need to go to therapy whereas I think everyone whether they think it or not need it some people need it less than others might not need to go as frequently but I don't think there's a single person who can't benefit from it 100% 100% right like there's no one who can't benefit like there's nothing wrong with going Mm -hmm. you will find out stuff about you and like even me with going like I've like like you know like distant memories that you haven't thought about in so long like they suddenly come back to you the more you talk and you're yes. like oh shit that thing I repressed oh, yeah. and like I think everyone probably has that and then that comes back to what you said of course like going to therapy in itself is a privilege because unfortunately it's not like covered with general mm-hmm. like health benefits like uh, it does cost a lot of money and that really sucks and I didn't have like benefits through my work up until a few years ago mm-hmm. um, so I wasn't able to go and then even then I've had it for years years but didn't actually finally go until this past november Mm -hmm. so it's still like like it's like even me knowing it was important for years i still didn't like take that step Mm -hmm. for a long time and it's scary it can be really scary yeah it can be really scary and i definitely have compassion and empathy for people who are like putting it off or thinking like not now not yet i get it because i've also been there um but as one of my friends said to me when i was like going through some really hard shit uh (laughs) a couple years ago when like my depression really first started she had said like don't wait for it to get bad to look into it again like you should look into it before and have that appointment and ready to go don't wait until like you're your lowest low to then make an appointment like that's not how that works and so yeah it's like honestly like the best thing i've ever done um so i'm hoping that through this uh if people listen like they'll if they've always been wanting to they'll finally make that appointment that they have been putting off and if they never really considered it that maybe now they will consider it and then even otherwise like this is in no way a replacement for therapy at all Mm -hmm. neither of us are like in any way skilled or you know like specialists in like psychology just Um, experiencers psychiatry yeah but just like maybe listening to it can also be a first step just like recognizing oh i'm not alone in this experience like that person also goes through it and that person also goes through it i wonder who else in my life maybe also goes through it and then maybe through having those conversations and seeing that in yourself maybe you'll get closer Mm -hmm. to being able to go to therapy 
be. And what's what's kind of great about things now, it's getting a little bit better. It could always improve. But I've seen a lot of therapists offering sliding scales, um, mm-hmm. sliding scale of, of a price range. Um, you could always email someone, reach out. Um, I think more often than not, people who are in this profession are wanting to help rather than to turn away clients. Yeah. So they're not there to be greedy like they're gonna try to find a way and like one of our friends I know she doesn't have benefits but she pays like half price Mm. or something I think she pays like 70 bucks um which I know is still a lot not everyone can afford it but it's like it's worth it for what you gain absolutely out of it yeah absolutely there's definitely solutions out there if you can like look into them now I know Rosian and I have something in common that we've kind of dealt with the majority if not all our lives and that is like body issues and um Mm. like body dysmorphia disorder and how that can also affect your mental health. And I know it sounds like such a, maybe it sounds like a really superficial thing to worry about. And I know at the end of the day, we can all say like, it doesn't matter what you look like on the outside. It only matters what you look like on the inside. And like, you know, like all that stuff, like we all know it. We all know it's true. We all know it's, there's more to a person than what they look like. I get it. But at the end of the day, your physical body can still very much affect your mental health. And I know it does for me. And like, we can try every day day to try to combat that and tell ourselves things at the end of the day the way the society is and it's for men and women but like especially women mm-hmm. like you have unrealistic expectations and and then at the end of the day things like body dysmorphia is kind of like it's a mental illness because you see things that other people don't see and it's not as easy as just not seeing them anymore mm-hmm. right so it is it is hard um so yeah i i think it'd be interesting to talk about because even what's actually also interesting is i know you You've had your your issues with it and you know that I've had my issues with it but we've never really talked about it in depth other than like you're in there it coming up mm-hmm. so I guess this is probably actually the most in-depth we're also gonna get <laughs> about it ever so here we go diving in <laughs> let's get yeah. in there tell me your deepest darkest secrets <laughs> so well for me first thing is so when talking about body dysmorphia so when I first heard the term body dysmorphia, it was more so when um, I was in high school on Tumblr and I used to follow a ton of young trans kids, transgender kids who were in the process of trans their trans journey and, and figuring out their identity and, and talking about body dysmorphia and um, just remembering reading about the disconnect from kind of like what you're seeing and how you're feeling about your body and, and what it looks like. Mm-hmm. on the outside versus like how you feel about it on the inside and that was kind of my first experience with hearing about body dysmorphia um and so then to hear like you like my best friend talk about having body dysmorphia and what that means as a cis woman mm-hmm. like you know what was that experience like how how did you even come to know that that was something you were dealing with i guess it's really funny because i always ever since i was little had like i, I would say when i was little but like like I could definitely say beyond the age of like eight, like nine, ten, I had a lot of issues to the point that my mom always had this expression because I would like see things and be really self-conscious about certain things. And she would say to me, you look at your body through a magnifying glass mm. because I would point out things that she's like, no one is seeing that. No one is looking at that. What are you talking about? And like, I would not go places or like go swimming or like I would literally miss out on things because I was so focused on like specific parts of my body that I would 
be obsessed about. Mm-hmm. And she was like, literally no one knows what you're talking about. Right. Um, but I didn't know that there was a name for that. I just thought that like I was insecure and that I was like ugly and that I didn't look the way that like I was supposed to and the way that like society, like let's be real, everything I watched, I was like, I should be and want to be a skinny blonde girl. Oh, wow. A skinny blonde white girl. You know, right. like that's what we, we saw. Yeah. And like I was lucky to live in like a country and community that's pretty multicultural and like I wasn't the only Persian person. So like I still saw other people who looked like me, but they weren't what you saw in like movies and magazines as what was considered beautiful. So like, yeah, I wasn't alone, but we weren't the epitome of beauty. Mm-hmm. And like I remember always being a little bit bigger. And I do want to preface this by something, and like you've heard me say this version, like I do even feel bad sometimes even talking about having this because like I have friends and I know that there are people out there who are like bigger than I am. And then I feel bad Mm. for talking about my body because like I can't help but they might be thinking like if you're complaining about your body, then what do you think of me? Mm. Um, And like I don't ever want to like give off that impression because at the end of the day, part of the problem with body dysmorphia and having body issues is that I only see see it in in myself. And that's what I I was not thinking say. negatively about you at right. all. Like, well, that, that's, that's not how it that's works. That's the thing. It's like you're probably out of everyone I know the most like cheering on like body positivity like cheering us on when we're posting yeah. photos you're like the most vocal about like oh you look beautiful you look this or like you you look like you feel great you you look great you're feeling great da, 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 da. and then tell everyone to post nudes or not uh, post but send nudes <laughs> <laughs> don't post them if you don't want to yeah but like you know sharing sh- yeah sharing mm-hmm. our feel good photos to each other and like all this stuff and totally yeah but then yeah the one who's kind of struggling the most to see that kind of confidence in herself yeah and it's funny because like that's what it comes down to is it's like what you just said like I follow so many girls on Instagram and a lot of them are skinnier than me a lot of them look like me a lot of them are bigger than me and even the girls that are bigger than me they'll be so proud and confident and be beautiful and I'll be all about it I'll be like yes girl like I'll be so into (laughs) it and there's like so many Instagram models who like will post pictures and they'll be like cellulite and talk about how like cellulite isn't bad and rolls aren't bad yeah cellulite oh my god I'm (laughs) like use that (laughs) yeah it's so good and it made me think of mine differently but what's so interesting is like when i see pictures of other girls with like Mm -hmm. being like um having like back rolls as normal or having this or like twisting and having rolls as normal that's just your body like when you see bodies that don't look like that they're edited like i believe it i'm like yes you're right correct this is absolutely true but then when i see my own body i'm like no Mm. and like that's what's interesting is like i can see a woman like completely like being proud of that and I'll think it's so beautiful I'll genuinely be like yes this is inspiration I love it but then like I'll look at myself in the mirror and be like why can't I get rid of this back fat mm. like I had to hate this cellulite like how to and it's it, this weird disconnect where like in other women I applaud it mm-hmm. and I honestly don't think it's ugly like there's not a part of me that's like that's gross I'm like this is beautiful I love it but then I don't think that way about mm. myself and like I never knew that there was a name for it I just was like I guess that I don't look the way I'm supposed to look and that sucks and I'm always going to be unhappy. And it wasn't actually, I was first introduced to that term body dysmorphia when I was 17 with, um, because of my ex-boyfriend at the time, actually. Uh. So yes, guys also get it. (laughs) Guys also have body dysmorphia, not get it. It's not contagious. Um, and he was like very obsessed with like working out and like, 
bulking and cutting and like Roshan, you remember oh, yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, like bulking and cutting and various diets and going through all these different things. And I remember him once telling me he had body dysmorphia and I had no idea what that was. And he told me, he's like, I see something different. Like I obsess about certain things. And like, to me, I'm like, he is fine. Like he doesn't need to do any of this. But I also was like, if that's what you want to do, that's fine. Right. Wasn't telling him to stop, but it was like very obsessive. Mm. And I know a lot of it comes from like in his childhood, he was, he was like, he was fat when he was a kid and he was bullied for it and he was made fun of for it. And even though he like hit puberty and had this growth spurt and like then got like quite thin, he still like had those memories and the trauma. So I think because of that, he was so afraid of being fat again because he was treated differently Mm -hmm. that he was like, I'm never letting that happen again, Um, which is horrible. That he would think that way about uh, himself um, to the point that he like was torturing himself yeah. and going through like so much stuff just so that he never looked that way again. And like, I didn't see what he saw. But then him saying body dysmorphia, I was like, what is that? And I looked into it and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I also have body dysmorphia. And like just seeing more and more people talk about it again, like on Instagram and other places, I'm like seeing that a lot of people go through and it's not just being insecure. And being insecure is also like, that's right. horrible but and that that's sucks. not but all it's that like, it is. It's, yeah, it's more. And like, I know some people have it way more intense than I do because I know like I've looked into like videos and stuff about it. And I know that some people have it to such a degree that they literally won't go places or, and like I've had like smaller like versions of that. And I know, I, I know mine is not as bad as some people's, but like I do notice things that other people are like, what are you talking about? And it will like keep me from going places or wearing certain things or posting. And like Roshan knows I've in the past been like, oh, I want to post a selfie and I'll send her like five and be like, which one should I post? And bless her. She always (laughs) says like post all five. (laughs) And then it's so funny because this one time I asked her and she was like, oh, well, I don't know because like I love your hair in this and I love like the way you're standing in this or like whatever, like compliments for each of them, which was like, that was the reason you had trouble choosing was because you liked all of things them. about each yeah. one yeah whereas i had trouble choosing because i disliked something about yeah, each of them i remember like, that's that. how i saw it i was like but my hand is funny here and my face is and you're like who's looking at your hand <laughs> like the photo <laughs> like has nothing to do with your hand like you know you've got a bomb ass outfit your hair looks amazing like you know you got this pose going on like no one's looking at you how your finger is placed on the yeah. on the seat or whatever but that's like all i would look at and like i guess that was kind of an interesting like idea and like you know i'm sure a lot of people have heard that expression of like talk to yourself how you would talk to your best mm. friend or about your best mm-hmm. friend you wouldn't want anyone saying that stuff about your best friend so why are you saying it about well, you yeah and again that's one of those things that i like fully believe and i agree with and yet i do it all the time <laughs> that's so that's 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 like mental torture that's like an all day everyday thing like how do you how do you get out of that like how do you release away from that even for like you know a few moments or for an outing or I guess it's it's for me it's funny because I actually like if you go to my Instagram I do often like post selfies or something and like if you had a glance at my Instagram you'd probably think like oh this girl is so confident and she's always feeling herself and she's conceited and blah 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 I remember even one of my close friends like he even said to me he was like you're so confident like he thought that I was and I'm like oh you don't know the half of it like that's not true at all like those for me are my way of combating how I feel all the Mm -hmm. time and it's like so like 
you look at it and you think, I actually worry. I'm like, I don't want people to think I'm conceited because it's literally not the case. And for me, it's more like I'm trying to feel myself. I'm trying to pull myself out of that slump. I'm trying to feel good. So like, yeah, like, you know, like I'm going when out. When you or feel I'm, good. You know, going post somewhere. It. Yeah. When, when you feel good, you want to post it. Because yeah. I'm like, I want to like remember that sometimes I also feel good about myself. Totally. So like when I get my hair, do my hair, or get my makeup done because I'm going out, I take some selfies and then like it helps like remind myself that it's not just like all the negative thoughts I have that sometimes I do look good and I and like then it's not I can sometimes feel good about you myself. look good you always look good <laughs> but it's true you always look good it's just trying to match I guess feeling that way and I I totally understand yeah. that because you know I've clear like I've had my own ups and downs with the physical matching how you feel on the inside and which I want to talk about to- too well no and I <laughs> I mean this is how we we the challenge here is going to be editing this down into a podcast because when we get together like yeah. we'll talk we're going to talk forever we'll take a one hour conversation like you're my guest now just talk about me oh the no whole no time. but this is how like, it is this is how it is because this is also how they're going to get to know you right and yeah it just depends on they. well it's true your fans and your listeners yeah no I know <laughs> but um, but no I but yeah you're saying saying it's about matching how yeah, you feel matching on the inside on the, the outs- matching your the way you feel inside with the outside because it's not always even even just about your makeup and and the way you look because totally. I know for me like some of the times that I was like the most miserable in my life was when mm-hmm. like the number on the scale was the lowest for me yeah. and and not to say like I, I was, I was never lot. oh totally right and it, it wouldn't even be like these weights that were considering me underweight or anything mm-hmm. it was weights that I thought I had to attain because mm-hmm. this is then gonna make me acceptable or thin or I'm, I'm gonna feel better think, once I hit this what? number, right? I see that a lot. I hear that a lot by people who are like, "I gave myself a goal weight and then I reached it, and then you kind of have like a now what?" Because you're like, "I'm still not happy. So what happened? I was supposed to instantly be happy when I reached this number." Well, that's what happened. It's like I grew up my whole life being, um, especially when I was younger, like fat and and being overweight um, and heavier, and it never bothered me a whole lot. It was always like it was a problem for other people. Um, and it would only become a problem for me when people would like point it out too much that it was a problem for them. And that's when kids in elementary school Bully would be you. really mean. Yeah. And like once in a while in high school. But I think in high school, we had such a good like group of friends and we had our own kind of thing going on and, and activities that kept us busy that most kids kind of laid off when it came to like my mm-hmm. weight, which was good. They would leave me alone about it. So, you know, then it wasn't too much of an issue. I, I didn't have too much self-hate about it. Mm-hmm. And it it wasn't until like, you know, we finished high school and and you grow up a little bit and you start discovering like going to the gym and all this. OK, so I, mm-hmm. I started that and that was great. And that's when the weight started to come off for the first time was like um, first year. Yeah, it must have been like first, first year of university. So, yeah, I would have been like 19, do you 20 years old. you want to talk about old. like what you do, like the diet that you did? Do you want to mention? Yeah. You don't have to say the yeah, name, yeah. but like the fact yeah, that you. Yeah, sure. So, yeah. <laughs> When so originally how it all first started for me, this whole kind of journey was eventually yeah growing up and starting to get into the gym and all that and losing weight, I started to realize like, wow, I had control, quote unquote, 
over like how my body can look um, now that it's mm-hmm. like I'm a little bit older now that I have a car I can drive I can go to the gym because like for me like my parents were both always overweight growing up and although my dad for a few years would like go to the gym and then stop and go back that kind of social activity was not ever a huge family activity for us mm-hmm. and I know my brother would agree with me that like we never felt like we were kind of taught those exercise type things mm-hmm. so anyway all this to say that eventually when we had our own control over it and I kind of have seen my brother go through this is you start going to the gym I I started losing weight then you would start to get a little bit more of like a response from people of like oh wow like you look so great and and compliments and and I remember when this started happening I was like yeah like 19 or 20 no I I, I was 19 I think because I was still working at uh, my electronic retail job that I had (laughs) from 17 to 19 the years nameless old. nameless one. The yeah. nameless, yeah. no longer existing one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, uh, you know, bless them for giving me that uh, job. Definitely learned a lot. But also lots of weird experiences there, which we should have a whole other talk about that because I definitely oh, had 100%. some creepy men experiences, you know, that made... There will be many Right? Topics. That made, that made <laughs> like, being a young woman at work very weird and confusing for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. just opinions. Again, all body stuff, which I can, I can get into all this, but... Tune in for more episodes. <laughs> Here, all Literally let me tell you all of our uh, traumatic moments growing up. Just read from our diaries. Oh my god! Honestly, though, let's yeah, let's share journals. <laughs> but but I remember like when I was first starting to lose weight, um, and I was like nineteen, and I remember one of the staff that I worked with, and she was this like middle aged Persian woman, and very nice. Mm-hmm. She was always very nice to me. But I just remember once she would always compliment me on my weight loss, like, "Oh my god, you look so good. You look mm-hmm. so." keep it up and I'd be like okay like great like I never thought of it as like oh I'm trying to lose weight I had just like started going Mm -hmm. to the gym and learned like wow I can go on the elliptical for more than five minutes and and enjoyed it (laughs) and I'll never forget this that one day for my break you know I walked over to to get some food for lunch and with my food came like this little bag of chips and I remember going up to the lunchroom to eat and she kind of came and she was like you're not going to eat those like are you and I was kind of like oh my god and she was like don't eat those like you know you've spent all this time losing weight like you know no one asked right you. like it'll be such a waste and I, that kind of that comp that moment always stuck with me because it was like mm-hmm. just this kind of expectation from someone else that I had to maintain this weight loss and I remember I think that probably mm-hmm. triggered a lot of my weight loss anxiety because from kind of from that time on it was no longer about going to the gym to feel good it was about losing weight and keeping it off because because people were going to, you know, say something if I didn't or people were going to stop complimenting me because suddenly I was getting all this attention from, yeah. you know, people we'd gone to high school with who never even. Because now there's more pressure. Right? Who never would even think about me. Because now you're like, well, everyone says. Right. And and that's that was the thing. It's like suddenly everyone's complimenting me. And I, I remember like friends talking to me about weight loss. And on top of then going to the gym and all this, I, I started thinking about like diet culture and, and started doing mm-hmm. this popular diet that is essentially what keto is now you you wouldn't eat carbs mm-hmm. and they would give you these like vitamins and things you had to take to supplement the carbs 
I guess you weren't taking or whatever mm-hmm. it was. You never really, you never really got an, an answer for what was happening. Because I remember you doing that, but I didn't realize that you had done it after like something had essentially triggered it. Like I didn't know about that conversation with that coworker of yours. And like, I do think it's funny because it's like extra pressure after you do lose weight, especially when people start to compliment you and uh, yeah. basically tell you, you look better. Right. Because then they're also essentially telling you, you used to look and bad. That was... So then you're like, well, now I can't gain weight because then you're all going to think I look bad. You basically just showed me your hand. You all think that, that's I used thing. to be this or that. So now I can never go back to that. So there's like so much extra pressure, pressure to keep the weight off and maybe even lose more. And then you're fucking miserable because you're not even doing it for you anymore. You're just doing it so that you can like keep other people happy and like, I don't know, attain this beauty standard that they set for 100%. you. And you're like, I was just trying to like be independent. And, and that's <laughs> the thing, right? You just start to, as you start growing up, you, you start eating different, doing things different. But then it was kind of like how everybody else was responding to it is what triggered all mm-hmm. of my anxiety around it. Because I would never think so much about my weight and have issues with it until I would like hear, you know, um, maybe someone else. Yeah, say somebody else say something or make a comment or and like my parents would never make negative comments about me or my body growing up. Like I was really lucky mm-hmm. in that I never had negative experiences from my parents with that. But, you know, you would see like your own mom make comments about her body and and always trying mm-hmm. different diets and and being like, oh, I've gained weight, lost weight, gain. And, you know, you would start to get confusing messages. And I, I know a lot of people have gone like, through That's this. what I have to do. Totally. And you start thinking you need to also have issues with your body, you know, even though like maybe you didn't and you start to think like, oh, I'm supposed to also have issues or feel a certain way or, or have all this pressure now to keep the weight off because people are going to talk bad about me or notice that I've been gaining weight and it's going to be that conversation of, ah, she worked really hard, but you know, you lost it all mm-hmm. and, and something happened. Right. Yeah. And it's so funny, especially with like when you're a kid, like your parents are your biggest role models and even subconsciously, you're just like, I'm going to do whatever they do and what they do is right. And then if they think gaining weight is bad, um, if they think dieting is good, then I will also think those things, even if you're not actively thinking 100%. that. And I, I shared this in like our group chat the other day, because it's something I had just recently realized. I had always been hearing women and girls saying, and I, I also agree with this, saying like, if and when I have children, I'm never going to like say these negative things about my body because I want to model like positive mm-hmm. thoughts about my body for my children whether it's a girl or a boy. Mm-hmm. And then I also was like, yeah, me too. I'm going to do that. And it had never occurred to me that my mom did that. I was just mm-hmm. like, when I'm a mom, if I'm a right. mom, that's what I'm going to do. And then just the other day, sorry, mom, I'm going to call you out. <laughs> um, uh, my mom had posted an old picture on her Facebook. And like, I think at the time I was nine or 10 when this photo was taken. And she was like, clearly much slimmer than she is mm-hmm. now. And the thing with my mom is, and all that this matters, like however you are, like if you're overweight, however it is, like what you what you do. But like, just to be clear, my mom is probably the most active person I know. She's always uh, either running or walking or hiking or swimming. Like she's out always, and about. Yeah, she's honestly, always she's always doing something. <laughs> she eats well, she exercises, and yet she's overweight. And I know my mom has thyroid issues too, which contributes to mm-hmm. it. And then because my mom is overweight, I've always remembered her as being overweight. Like I just think in my my mind, my entire life, my mom has been overweight and that's fine, but that's just how I remember her. And then when I looked at this photo she posted, I was like, wait a minute. (laughs) 
She's not overweight. And yet my memory is that she was. And that's because like I suddenly remembered that when I was a kid, she was constantly calling herself fat. She was always talking about how she was fat. She was always talking about how she was overweight, how she didn't fit into this, how she didn't fit into that. And because my memories are her saying that, then I also thought that those words were true. And yet I'm looking at these pictures and I'm like, no, she wasn't. Yeah, of Um, course. But it was how she was seeing herself. Yeah. And then I brought this up to her and she agreed and she was like, yeah, I look at those photos and I think of how. I would give anything now to look that way. And yet when that photo was taken, I didn't want like the photo to be taken or the photo right. to be posted because I thought I was right. fine. And then I it, I had like this like eureka moment where I was like, again, no offense, mom, but like she contributed to the fact that I feel this yeah. way and that I am of this course. way. Yeah. Because I grew up with her always saying that about herself. And then I always thought that mm-hmm. about myself. And then it's ironic that now she'll say that she said to me, like, you look at yourself with a magnifying glass because it's like, that's exactly what she was doing. Yeah. And I also have this role. I'll look at photos of myself and I don't want to compare it to like when I was 14 because at the end of the day when you're 14 you're just like you're a fucking kid Mm -hmm. so like it's gonna be different but like I look at my photos of myself even like earlier in my 20s and I'm like who is that skinny bitch (laughs) because I look so little and yet I remember what in that time that I took those photos like thinking I was overweight thinking I was fat like and it's so weird like not even just in the picture but just in that time Mm. like thinking that about myself and now I look back and I'm like I am easily like 30 pounds lighter in that picture than I am now or something like that so then I'm like then what am I now and then that just keeps going right because like at the end of the day like there's no issue with your body it's it's all in the mind that's Mm -hmm. that's really what it comes down to it's like and this is like this body issue trauma that gets passed down you know again and again Mm -hmm. because of these things that we learn through childhood conditioning that our parents and even us or or anyone who you know is being a model for a young child we always try to do better and we think like okay we're not saying anything about them so it's okay they're gonna be okay Mm -hmm. because I'm not I'm encouraging my child or my my whoever this person looking up to me not saying anything negative about them it's only things that you're maybe saying to yourself or in passing but you don't realize but then they hear it and they then internalize they also think it that they way. internalize it and i think i think even as friends and and people we love close to us like it's always important to you know remember how we the kinds of things we pass on yeah. and that's why i had brought up like at the beginning i was like i sometimes feel guilty and feel bad even talking about this because i'm like if i'm talking negatively about my body what if other people are like well then what does she think about me and like i know i i also feel that way sometimes when i see someone who's clearly like skinnier than me or like whatever things that I have issues with if they complain about like uh my belly or uh my thick thighs or uh my like um what the fuck are they called love handles like if they're saying Mm -hmm. it and I'm like mine are way worse what are you talking about like all I'm thinking is then like what do you think about me so like I get it and that's why I don't want other people to feel that way but at the end of the day what comes down to it is usually those people are just thinking that about themselves they're not really thinking about you like no one's at the gym looking at other people at the gym they're just focusing on themselves yeah honestly like that's (laughs) no one cares yeah who is going to the gym looking at other people everyone is there asshole anyone who's doing that is a fucking psychopath like if you're going to the gym (laughs) to just like pick apart other people's bodies like leave the gym (laughs) like 
what is wrong with you? You're not here for the right reasons. And that's like, because no one does that. And if they are, they're just like, get out of here. Um, but that being said, like I did actually have also issues growing up with people outright saying it to me too. Like some of it was subconscious. Like my mom saying about her herself, which then like I like subconsciously was like, oh, I will also do this about myself. Mm-hmm. But it's in, also growing yeah, up. Yeah. And so this is the thing. It's like our shared. This is why it's interesting for me to hear your guys' experience with this. Because although we both have Middle Eastern backgrounds, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and my parents and your parents are very well, different in the way they yeah, talk and about even it. the family and the amount of family that I was around like and I think this culture around kind of this Middle Eastern culture around weight gain and loss and body Mm -hmm. image um, I never experienced it from family really but mostly because I wasn't really around extended family and and again like you know my mom and dad they never made comments so to hear when you would speak or like one of our other friends Mm -hmm. um, would speak Mm -hmm. about it and to hear kind of that. It's deeply in the culture like to bring it back what ended up triggering you? A Persian co worker of yours, an older middle-aged Persian woman was the one who got in in your business and told you to not eat that bag of chips because you work so hard. No one fucking asked her. (laughs) You didn't ask for her opinion. You weren't like, should I or should I not eat this bag of chips? She just told you unsolicited. And real talk, that's what like Persians and probably Middle Easterners, I mean, I'm Persian, so I don't know what other ones are like, but I always joke that they talk about it like as part of the greeting. Like when I would go back to Iran, people would walk in through the door when they would come to visit you and like literally bookending their hello would be like you've lost weight your eyebrows look like this it's not just mm. weight too it's like everything like it's like who did your eyebrows don't go back to them they don't mm. look good or um this haircut doesn't look good on you or like you've gained a lot of weight you've lost too much weight like everything and sometimes it's compliments but it's also sometimes with compliments it almost feels negative it feels negative because they'll be like oh my god you've lost so much weight and you can tell that they're happy that you did but you're like what did you think of me before because you are so stoked right that i've right. lost weight it's uncomfortable like, what were your thoughts about me when i was heavier like so even when they're good you're like or they'll be like oh good you've changed your eyebrows like they did not look good before and you're like that was supposed to be a compliment but it <laughs> yeah. was not let me like, tell that you supposed like, to make that me feel was better? fucking mean yeah and you're like I'm not asking like you're not going hey how do you like my hair it's just like they just come in and they just tell you mm-hmm. yeah they just and it's not just women it's men too like I had like uncles and like male family friends who would literally be like you've gained a little too much Whoa. weight and it's like what the fuck okay. I'm just a kid trying to play like games with my cousins and you're singling me out of the group and telling me I'm too chubby. And this is like when you're a kid and you have baby fat. And like, but even so, I remember even like, when I was that's like, that's never okay. Like, that's just never it's okay. It's never okay, ever, no matter how old you are. And like, those are the memories I have, like, even when I was a baby. And to be fair, this was me as a baby. <laughs> I was a really fat baby. And like there were all these jokes in my family about how I was so fat that my older cousins would like try to like stick their fingers through my belly. And this is like when I was just a few months old um, to be like, are we ever going to reach bone? Like, I think it's all fat. And like it's it's jokes. And like I was literally just like <laughs> my- flubber at the time. So like I get it. But then like I left Iran when I was four and I feel like that chubby baby and toddler image was just forever like in their minds. And it was like their endearing like image of of me that they had. So even when I went back when I was eight or 12 or 15 or 17 or 19, they still always treated me like that fat mm. baby. And like they genuinely did. Like they would think it was fine to just call me the chubby cousin. Like I remember me and my cousins going to one of our aunt's house because she had 
a pool in the summer and we all were like in our bathing suits and I think I was 13 or 14 and my aunt came in to like bring us snacks and then she looked at me and she went like in Farsi but she said like okay Patia that's like a little too much Whoa. like you've gained a little bit too much weight Whoa. like literally was like okay you've overdone it now like you were always the chubby cousin but like this is too much and it's funny because now if I go back like I have that memory but like if I go and find photos of that summer of myself when I was 13 and 14 by no means was I overweight wow. and yet she thought it was okay for her to be like all right that's enough so yeah it's in my mind but it's also in my mind because unfortunately people in my family said it to me yeah. a lot and like people would joke about how like oh all of us babies were all like even when we were kids we would run around we were all so light but like me I was like heavy and lazy and didn't like to walk and it's like it's just like <laughs> these but like all these things see through therapy learning about how other people's the way they see us or the terms that they attach to us when we're kids and that childhood conditioning and how we carry that with ourselves mm -hmm. like so many things of like even from being like younger overweight or think or being told like you're lazy or this or that like you internalize those things and you think like oh I really must be that way and that's when you start to see yourself in these in these categories that it's like I don't see myself that way that's somebody else putting that label on me mm -hmm. and now I've internalized it but that's not true at all 100%. it's not true like it was one of many reasons I dreaded going back and it was personally because of my own family but like I would get a lot of questions from family members like so what sports do you do like do you do any sports like do you do any activities do you ever do anything and it was just so much and like admittedly I wasn't like I didn't like PE because I was never a team sport person that's just never been my thing so they'd be like do you play basketball do you play soccer do you play volleyball and I'd be like no 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 and they'd be like see you're lazy and it's like well I like to do other things those are just not the things right. I like and it was like this self-fulfilled prophecy where it was like they said this about me so I was like I guess that's what I am but it was also ironic because I remember the last time I went back, which was almost nine years ago, I genuinely ate less than any of my cousins did. And not because I was trying to prove anything. I just mm -hmm. wasn't hungry. And they would all be snacking and eating constantly. And yet I definitely weighed more than any of them. And I remember once in that last time that I went, so I was 19 and I think it was like the last day. And then it was like a bunch of my cousins and my stepmom's younger sister, who was kind of closer to my age, all came to like say bye. And we were going to like do one last hurrah during the day and go get ice cream. And there was one too many of us in the car and like full disclosure in Iran people do that shit all the time where they just like pile pack on too many people in a car like it's it's literally like real life clown cars it's like 75 common. people yeah, in a tiny is. like what is it called like a pijot pijot whatever those cars are in Iran what? <laughs> what's that uh, oh pijot yeah. yeah I was like are you having a stroke <laughs> um, yeah and they straight up were like what's a car seat for a child like children will just be on the laps of like a family member I think there are many things that can probably change in Iran yeah there's a lot of things but all that's to say there was one too many of us and then they were like oh well someone's gonna have to sit on someone's lap and then one of them just went like as long as Priya is not the one sitting on someone's lap because whoever that is is gonna get crushed and they all just started laughing no, and no. I was like fuck all of you like how is that okay yeah, it's not. how is that nice I was never gonna be the one to suggest being the one because I've always been self-conscious about my weight like I hate people picking me up I don't like sitting on people's lap for that reason don't worry it wasn't gonna happen but you didn't need to say it and at that point I had had enough like I had been there for a month and a half and it was literally my last day and I fucking like put my foot down and I was like that is so mean I don't remember my exact words but I was like I don't even fucking want to go because like 
that is fucking bullshit. Mm. Like, why do you think that's okay to say? And then you all laugh. Like, no one was like, don't say that. Not even my dad. They were all like, ha, ha, ha. Yeah. Pop comedy. That's never okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's never fucking okay. It's not. No. And again, it's all of these, like, bullshit labels attributed to us by people around us because of their own insecurities, which is why it's, like, yeah. so important to do the work, to be aware of the things you know, we're feeling and saying and thinking about ourselves and doing therapy. So that way it's like we can kind of reduce putting that trauma on future generations. And Yeah. And like, it's, it's nice to at least like recognize it. Cause like now I'm getting to a point where I'm like, I'm recognizing the subconscious ways and like, mm-hmm. you know, seeing my mom say that stuff for years and literally not even knowing that she did it. Cause it only like dawned on me like last week. Um, and then also the like very obvious ones that were direct, like you are too fat, you are too this like those all contribute um but i also want to like talk about not just like weight in terms of body issues like not just being like over or underweight but also body types Mm -hmm. is also i think relevant in this and that's something that i've only started to really like accept in myself a few years ago so like i'm still dealing with weight issues all the time and like it goes up and down and it fluctuates and like because of covid and (laughs) a very recent depression spell during my last job and like being so stressed and having no time to exercise I'm probably at my heaviest I've ever been or one of the heaviest and like I don't like that and that's something I have to work through but even on top of that is just body type and being like curvy Mm -hmm. um, is something that I've only in the past few years started to like embrace and accept Mm -hmm. because when I was younger I remember when I first started to really work out I think I was like 17 or so, which again, coincides with that ex-boyfriend of mine who also had BDD. Um, So he was doing it. So I was like, I'm also going to do it. And I remember, and this is also because of that time, if you remember like the aughts, like the 2000s was more of like skinny. Oh yeah. yeah. With the like low waist jeans. Yeah. The low waist jeans and like super, just being like super, super slim, like Mm -hmm. up and down. And at the end of the day, it's like some people just don't look like that. Like you can lose weight and you still won't look like that. And I was like trying to look a certain way and attain a certain body type that I can never ever get no matter how much weight I lose and I was basically trying to be like super super skinny like straight up and down Mm -hmm. and part of what made it so hard for me is because like no matter what I did I couldn't attain it and it was only a few years ago when I realized oh because that's not my body type like I can't get a thigh gap I can't look that way because like I have naturally thick thighs and like luckily now that's what people want but that doesn't mean it wasn't like hard to like accept right because for the longest time people didn't want it and it still comes with its challenges and still a lot of people still will make fun of you for it even though it's like accepted in some circles I've been realizing recently that because I started to develop really early, like I started to get like boobs when I was like eight or nine. Like I remember having my first training bra when I was like nine Mm -hmm. and I was so ashamed because like no one else I knew in my class had boobs yet that I was like trying to hide the fact that I wore Mm -hmm. a bra. And by the time I was in grade seven, I think I was definitely a C if not a D. Like it was like quite big and I was like always trying to like hide my bra straps because I was so embarrassed and like I started to like get physically developed really early and I always had a big butt and it was always a point of like um humor mm. and again now I know it sounds stupid to be like oh I have big boobs no big butt. it's me. not stupid I know it sounds but stupid but it doesn't it makes perfect <laughs> sense it makes perfect sense because it's like your body at such a young age also brought so much attention like to your body like mm-hmm. all this attention was brought to your body at this kind 
kind of very important developmental age in your life and suddenly everyone's making mm-hmm. comments whether it's a joke or it's sexualized totally. or cover up yeah or- like I remember one of the first time I was catcalled I was 12 or 13 and I was literally walking to the bus to go to my elementary school that's how young I was and there were these like teenage or young early 20s guys who worked at like the Mr. Lube on the corner and said something to me and I remember I turned around and like flipped him off and kept walking but I like almost burst into tears because I felt so uncomfortable because mm-hmm. I was a literal of child course, yeah. but because of like my boobs and I sound like I was showing them off either I tried very hard to not show them off but like you can't really hide them and it made me feel so uncomfortable because I was either getting sexualized or it was a point of humor. And something I say a lot is like, when your boobs are a certain size, like beyond double D, when they get to a certain size of big, people just think that it's like okay to talk about them. Like it gets to a point of like, honestly, like it almost reaches a point of humor where people are like, oh, they're so big. We obviously can't avoid the elephant in the room. We all know. So like, let's just talk about it. Like people I didn't even know. I remember being a PA in film and I was 22 and the woman who worked at Crafty had never met me before, ever. It was my first day on that show. And she like parked in front of me, was going to ask me to help her with the tent. And before she could even say anything, she loudly in front of the entire crew, which was mostly men, went, holy shit, your tits are huge. This is a woman I had never spoken to before in my life. And of course, I can see from my peripheral that everyone turned to look at me, which made me uncomfortable. And I would also like to note that I was not wearing anything revealing. Of course not. Like, like, even if you, I was, you don't get to say yeah. that. But like, I was wearing a, like a tank top because it was summer and it was so hot, but it was like thick band and it was loose and I had no cleavage. And like, that was the type of thing that I would wear where I'd be like, okay, good, this hides it a little bit. Right. And yet she thought it was okay to say that. Yeah, that's what I'm <laughs> like, saying. Like, of course not. That Of course you're not wearing anything revealing, but that's the thing. People think like, okay... I I have free reign. I have entitlement to say whatever I want. It's not like mm-hmm. again, it's nothing you're doing. It's this thing of like you're not asking for it. You didn't ask for it. There's even if you had something revealing on, mm-hmm. the fact that people think that's okay, that's pretty fucked up. Yeah. It's pretty messed up. It's also something that um I have actually seen was this one um social media influencer I guess or or Twitter personality I don't know but I remember her also actually saying that her body dysmorphia came from having really big breasts Mm -hmm. and she was talking about how um, she would often try to wear like something to kind of cover it up as well Mm -hmm. I don't know if those things are um, intertwined totally but if it's that well especially because I think if it happens earlier than like you're ready right and even if it doesn't even I know a lot of girls who like they develop much later but then it's like all at once and it's just the fact that people think they can just say that stuff like it almost becomes like it feels like it's not my body anymore it's everyone's body because everyone thinks they can just talk about it and like I don't have ownership and autonomy over it anymore because it's like oh I guess we're all just talking about it like we can all just talk about like how big my boobs are yeah it's just stuff like that that would make it really weird for me and then of course from being like sexualized early but then also being um from like a Middle Eastern culture where like it's so anti-sexualizing and you're supposed to be modest. Um, And then I had a really, really, really strict overprotective dad. And it was really weird because like my mom was always like embracing like, oh, you're like embracing my curves and saying that they were like beautiful and whatever. But like my dad and I think a part of him was like uncomfortable that I had developed so early and he was so... Because he was so protective and didn't like the fact of his little girl growing up so fast 
I think he contributed to like my negative feelings about it because he even more tried to suppress that even though it's like you can't stop me from growing and developing like this is who I am Mm -hmm. but he made me have like a negative connection with my body Mm -hmm. and my curves and like I saw them as bad and again going back to when I was 19 um, in Iran the last time and this is again one of the reasons I haven't gone back since I remember like I would wear like pretty modest clothes when I was around family there and it sucked because when I'd be there in the summer like it would get as hot as 45 degrees Celsius and I'd be like what the fuck can I wear like I am roasting but I don't feel comfortable like wearing clothes that I would necessarily wear in Canada around like family in Iran and I remember just wearing a straight up t-shirt and jeans Mm -hmm. to like a family like party thing and then I had to at some point pick something up off the floor and then when we got back home my dad and I got into the worst fight ever probably because he reamed me out because even though I was wearing a t-shirt with a crew neck top a crew neck like neckline when I bent down to pick up this like fork or whatever because of the way gravity works like Mm -hmm. obviously that crew neck is still going to go down a bit and you see a bit of cleavage and he was getting mad at me that male relatives or male guests were looking at me the fucking 19 year old (laughs) because of like my cleavage showing and he was yelling at me about what I was wearing I wish I could show you and like not that it matters whatever you're wearing but I wish I could show you how like nothing like non-sexual this shirt was like it was and I had to tell him like I'm like there's literally nothing I can do like I tried to wear the highest neckline but I'm sorry I'm not gonna what I'm just gonna not pick up my fork now like because again like like, yeah it has nothing to do with like the shirt it's about shaming you and your body and shaming you for having that body and then I'm like why are you not getting mad at the fucking adult men who are looking at me even if they weren't looking sexually just the fact that they glanced and then he got mad like i didn't notice it but like shouldn't you be mad at them not me like i'm getting punished for just having boobs and then needing to pick up my fucking fork like it was such a bad fight and i'm like what more do you fucking want from me like what am i supposed to wear and i think all that really contributed to me being really like ashamed of my curves it's like now i'm getting better at that and realizing that and like a few years ago i really like accepted the fact that like the thing that I was trying to attain a few years ago, I'm like, I'm never going to look like that. And I also don't want to look like that. Like I've only in the past few years started to embrace the fact that my hair is curly after years and years and years of spending so much money and wasting so much time getting it chemically straightened oh my gosh, yeah. and straightening it with an iron and like not going in the water because then the straight hair will get curly, like hating my curls. And now I'm yeah. like rocking them all the time and not having to spend any time doing my hair so much easier Mm -hmm. um and just like being proud of like my butt and my thighs and my boobs but like still having issues with it there's still issues of like i could wear the same type of shorts that some other girls wearing but because my thighs are big Mm -hmm. like it looks so much more sexual when i wear them like i automatically and like certain clothes Mm. like i feel like i'm in a porno if i wear them um so it is it's hard and like yeah just trying to like accept my body but then feeling like what's appropriate but it's like it's just my body how is my body inappropriate it's like i can't help the way that i look that's the thing it's not yeah so and that's what i was actually gonna ask you is like i know i know what the answer is for me but when do you feel the best about yourself like when do you feel the best about your body and and just you i guess it sucks because the answer is going to come off really vain but it is just the truth and i think it's because it is what we said earlier and it's that reminder that it's not just what's going on in my mind but like actually seeing what other people see and it Mm. is after i kind of like take some selfies and like some usually post them even sometimes just taking them and not posting them or just taking them and like sending them to my boyfriend is enough sometimes and like i know it sounds 
shitty and vain and superficial because it's like having to have that like validation. And like it sucks because like I'm not trying to be conceited or vain, but at the end of the day, it is nice to hear people like saying that because then you're like, oh, so my thoughts are wrong. Mm. Like the things that I tell myself aren't true because other people are like, oh, you look good. And then like it helps to like drown out the negative thoughts because then I'm like, oh, that's not real. It's just me like. Totally. So that helps. And honestly, again, like after a good workout, you know, like because you just feel good. It's about having like feeling healthy. Like it's like having a really good workout and then you come out of it like feeling strong and feeling healthy and suddenly you feel like you can take on the world. Like that always helps me too. Totally. And I don't think those things are vain. I think everybody has things that that make, um, you know, things easier and help their mental health. It's part of your self-care. I know it's something you've always loved to do. It's not vain. It's things you have to do to kind of pump yourself up, boost yourself up. I know for me, my relationship with my body and kind of diet culture and, and gym culture changed a lot. I talk about this all the time, but is when I started doing dance. Mm -hmm. um, so about a year and a half ago, because for me... Going to the gym, it was always this thing of going to the gym to lose weight and then to maintain the lose weight, the weight loss. And then that anxiety of trying to not gain the weight back because, again, you don't want people to notice. You don't want people to make comments. You don't mm -hmm. want people to talk behind you. Like never really for yourself, yeah. because for me, even when I would lose weight, I would be like, but my stomach's not flat. Like I might the the scale number says what it's supposed to, mm -hmm. but like I still have these love handles or I still have cellulite like on cellulite. my thighs or I cellulite, right? <laughs> or I still like my stomach wouldn't be flat and it would just be this constant thing of I don't understand what I'm doing wrong. I'm doing everything I'm supposed to, but it's still not giving me the results that I'm supposed to have. Mm -hmm. And I remember that that is what would really drive me crazy that anxiety of now it's time to eat like what do I eat that doesn't make me feel guilty mm -hmm. so that I don't feel like I'm gonna gain all my weight back after one meal and okay now I have to go to the gym tomorrow right. and make sure I burn that off because I'm gonna gain weight and it it became such a negative um cycle for me that that I just like never enjoyed it I couldn't even enjoy weight loss or or enjoy weight gain or anything because the anxiety around the food and the diet culture and 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 always having to get back to that number mm -hmm. and I remember it wasn't until um, you know, bouts of depression and this and that, that it caused me to gain a lot of weight back. And I just kind of stopped caring altogether about the gym for a really long time. Like I just lost motivation completely. And it really wasn't until um, me and MASH won that that dance class with Dance yeah, Downtown. and just and over a year ago, like yeah, last winter. It was, yeah, it was over that. Yeah, it was like a year and a half ago. We won a free class and, and I had done drop-in dance classes here and there and it was like, okay, sure, mm -hmm. whatever. But we always loved it in high school. Totally. That's like the only time I liked PE was when we were able to take dance I know, for PE. dance. And that was, that was so much fun. And I always remember that. Um, but, you know, when you get older and you haven't done dance since you were five, so you think, oh, that's not my identity. You know, I, I can't go back to it. This is not something that's a part of who I am. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until we started these drop in dance classes where, you know, I was suddenly in a room with like a bunch of other adults that I had never met. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't just like high school people. So many of them were first timers, too. Totally. So it wasn't you with a bunch of professionals. Totally. First time dancers, um, really supportive 
staff mm-hmm. and like teachers and then this whole concept of filming after the class so filming the class so you could watch yourself back and I remember just becoming obsessed with watching myself in those videos dancing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and even at the beginning like I was terrible at the dance I couldn't like I, I couldn't remember the choreography I would get flustered when the camera would come out uh, I would um, you know just like all of those anxieties but I remember it didn't even matter because I would just be so obsessed with watching myself in the videos Mm -hmm. again and again because I was so amazed with like what I could do Mm. like I was just so amazed at what my body could do oh that's so interesting and I remember starting with dance like that's when my whole relationship with my body changed because it was no longer a punt like going to the gym was punishment Mm -hmm. like oh my body's too fat now I have to punish it it was like going to dance to enjoy how I feel after the class and to be able to be like whoa my body memorized that choreography and did it and oh I didn't God, even I've think never thought of it that way yeah and it would be like I didn't <laughs> like, even I love think, it too but I'd never thought of like just congratulating my body for oh, yeah. learning the choreography and then doing honestly, it honestly though because like for me I would think like you know because I didn't grow up doing dance or I wasn't a dancer it'd be like oh mm-hmm. the same with any new activity that anyone wants to get into you think well that's not part of my identity that's not who I am I don't know how to do that mm-hmm. and then suddenly it was like I was doing all this cardio and dancing and warm-ups and whatever and looking good and feeling good doing it and I wouldn't even be focused on like what my physical body looked like like my weight or being chubby or being fat or being skinny and it just stopped being an issue for me like I it just didn't matter anymore that's so amazing and I love that and I like I'm so proud of you and I admire you for that because like for me like I love going to those dance classes too but I don't have that feeling yet because I'm still so stuck in that BDD like you know with me like I usually don't want to do like the filming at the end especially if it's a smaller group because there's more likely you'll see me um and if it's the bigger ones where it's like oh we're trying to like post this on the Instagram so everyone be in it like I'll go in the back because I know what I'm like and like even if I fucking loved the choreography during it and I feel like I rocked it during when that camera comes out I go two in my head Mm. and I'm more likely to like mess up but even if I don't mess up let's say I fucking do the choreography fucking perfect I still will watch back that video and just pick apart my body like I do all the time and Mm. I'll be like oh my leg oh my hair oh my stomach like all these things and then I also hate that like I don't have control over whether or not can be posted Mm. because like other people also have that video so then I'm like I'd rather just not be in the video because like I don't even think of the dance I'm just thinking of like all the parts of me that I hate and I wish I could change and it's funny because like you said and like what everyone else says no one's focusing on my fucking like love handles they're focusing on like the dance and the ability and the overall look but when I watch it I take it apart Mm. but I don't even get to see it like I'm dancing I like look at all the components of a body that I don't like and I don't even look at anything else. So like, I'm definitely trying to work on that and just like enjoy it and love yeah. it. And, and stop it's hard. So hard it's definitely myself. a process, <laughs> yeah. especially if you've never really thought about looking at your body as just so amazing for like keeping you alive every day and for doing all the things mm-hmm. that you demand of it, like waking up and going to work and then going to a dance class and then coming home and totally. making food and like being with your partner and then like doing some meditation and taking a bath at night like there's so many incredible things that our bodies do for us every day that like all we're so focused on all the time is how to punish our bodies versus like recognizing yeah and like to look a certain way that it's like who even decided that that right? way is the and right way and i know it's way. so much easier to say it 
like it just doesn't matter right like it doesn't matter and i know like yeah it's so easy to say that but like in theory if it if we could really pull it all down and and scale back like it just doesn't matter because someone someone can be you know fat and be an incredible dancer can um you know someone can be really skinny and and you know be really strong or it just doesn't matter you know Mm -hmm. someone can be really um healthy without being totally stick thin you know like Mm -hmm. someone can be really unhealthy and and be a weight that is like accepted by society it's just and and i know that's always a a conversation back and forth but it just at the end of the day like the way the body physically like weight wise and that it just it just doesn't matter it it it's about how you feel, mm-hmm. you know, it's about how you feel. And- 100%. And like, that's what comes back to like, when you ask, when do I feel best? Like it is after I dance or after mm-hmm. I work out because of the feeling of like, right? Because be, be real after one workout, you're not going to look in the mirror and suddenly look the way you want to look. But it, like, it's not, it's not that fast, but it's the feeling. It's like mm-hmm. just knowing like I did that. And it's this feeling of like sudden like strength and like mm-hmm. that just like gives me, like it makes me want to keep going. And then mm-hmm. like, I'm like that with everything I do is like, I have a lot of hard time starting and I put it off and I put it off but when I'm doing it I don't want to fucking stop like I could work out for hours and hours and hours because when I'm doing it I enjoy it so much and like I love the feeling that it gives and like obviously the endorphins and everything and I just get like this like almost this high about like I can do this like look at what I'm doing and then of course like if I do it for hours and hours then I have spaghetti legs at the end of it and I'm like (laughs) that was too much I someone needs to stop me but like it's because I enjoy it and like and I love dance too. I just need to get better at like not like looking at stuff that no one else fucking gives a shit about. And then like also to be fair, like there have been times and you know this, like I will have not posted a picture or like have thought about a caption for so long because there are certain friends um, who I've had who will like always say something negative in my pictures, always like find a way. Like sometimes it's like you had to fucking reach to find something to say, but you just fucking could it not to the point that it had me like second guessing myself so much. Like I wouldn't post forever because I was constantly worried about what that person would say. Mm-hmm. Um, so it does sometimes happen. Like to be fair, let's just be completely honest. It's not always just in your head. You know, um, some people fucking suck. Oh yeah. Of they're course. supposed to be your friends and they say fucking shitty things. But like, I just kind of have to remind myself, and I've gotten better at this of the whole like those who matter don't mind and those who mind don't matter exactly exactly and boundaries having boundaries so when people are shitty that way you just put up that boundary yeah I'm just like I don't need you I don't need you like repeating the stuff in my head that I'm trying to push out so if that's the type of person you're gonna be like Mm -hmm. and that's also one of the reasons I don't talk to a lot of my family members or why I haven't gone back to Iran in a long time it's like it's bad enough when it's like once or twice in a fucking comment on Instagram I can't go and have an entire your family which is like 50 people (laughs) coming and just saying stuff that i never asked you know like just like unsolicited opinions about my body so like and because i'm trying to get past that like i need to have those boundaries and have you know just like i'm trying to get better at not thinking that way about myself so it doesn't help to listen to other people who say that stuff absolutely yeah Another thing, because you said um, what you were saying about people who don't mind and Mm -hmm. the way I think about it sometimes when it comes to posting and sharing things on social media, if I ever have that moment of like, ah, should I share? Like, what if someone is going to like comment or think like what I'm doing is this or that? Story of my life, by the way. Literally all I ever do. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But the way I try to think about it when I have those moments, it's like, well, you know, 
I'm being brave posting it, mm-hmm. you know, like I don't see like the people that I might be thinking of who might think something or whatever. Like I don't see them posting yeah. this stuff. You know, I don't see you. if I'm posting a dance video like I'm owning that. I don't see you posting it. So it's like you don't you don't have a leg to stand on. You don't have any right to say anything. Right. One hundred percent. And something I've noticed a lot recently, like about those people is like a lot of the times I think that they're projecting like it Absolutely. might be their own insecurities. Oh, yeah. For and then, sure. it's like, then I just have like a moment of like that kind of sucks for you and I kind of almost pity you and I feel bad that like you feel that way so you're taking it out on me and I'm trying Mm -hmm. to just be like eh like it's almost like at this point I've gotten to a point where I just laugh about it I'm like there you go like doing exactly what I thought you were gonna do (laughs) like I had faith maybe that you wouldn't but you did it it's a skill it's a skill it's definitely a skill that takes a lot of practice um it's not something that like is it's not just enough to be aware mm-hmm. of like, these are the issues I have and I know I should be nicer to myself. Like it's, it's literally like practicing a skill the same it way you time. go to the gym yeah. and you work out a muscle. It's like a mental muscle mm-hmm. constantly having to know, to talk kindly about yourself. Totally. There are so many times where like in my day to day, I'll have to catch myself in the middle of negative self-talk where mm-hmm. I'll be like, why am I being so hard on myself for that? And it's just that practice of, realizing it's happening and then stopping it and being like no 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 I'm not gonna let this continue yeah, like we're not gonna do that right I'm now gonna combat not today, it. Satan. yeah exactly absolutely not today Satan or any day honestly yeah, any I'm day. Not sick today and tired of your ever. shit let's Satan. take a rain check Fuck for right never. <laughs> we just both were like, blah, 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 blah. like absolutely <laughs> not Satan can fuck right off. Yeah, fuck right off forever. But, you know, by no means is any of this easy. It takes time. It takes practice. It's like I'm getting better at that whole, like, if the thoughts come acknowledge it be like but that's some bullshit and then like be like anyway moving on 100 percent, 100 percent. but it also something that you said a while ago and it was a while ago but just the idea of like losing weight or changing your body even gaining weight mm-hmm. a lot of people are trying to gain weight whether mm-hmm. it's like muscle or just trying to um gain fat or whatever like for me personally i can't do that based on the number on the scale right to the point that like i could not tell you how much i weigh right now i genuinely don't know because Mm -hmm. it's been forever since the last time i've been on it and every time i have been on it recently i've been unhappy Mm -hmm. to the point that it's almost like triggering for me when i have to you know like when you're getting your license renewed or whatever and they're like uh height and weight and you're like I would rather not discuss that, actually. Can we not? Because, like, I don't know. So I just make up a number Mm. that I think sounds right. And it's almost always lower than what it actually is. And for me, also because, like, I realized a while ago that, like, that number does not look the same for a lot of people. Because, like, BMI is bullshit. Absolutely it is. According to BMI, I was, like, clinically obese like years ago like years and years ago and if you saw those pictures you'd be like that person is not obese but like that's what bmi says because i'm short but it does not like it does not think about body type like being like curvier and it also doesn't take into account like muscle Mm -hmm. and if you're like obviously like if you're more muscly it weighs more than fat and like so i hated going off bmi and what it thought i should weigh because if i actually weighed that much i would look emaciated right now Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. and that's why i i don't go on the scale like that's not how i have my like i just do it based on like what i look like and how i feel Mm -hmm. that's more my way and like yes and as you have you're like oh these jeans i used to be able to fit in and now i don't so like if i can fit in them again that's positive but like i don't go off a number Mm -hmm. because if i were to ask like the internet what number it should be it would be so low for how much i am now but there's been times where 
I've been going to the gym like a lot and actually been really enjoying it. Like going, having a good schedule, really like putting it in part of my routine and like feeling good. There's been a couple of times where like I've gone so much and then I felt good. And then I've looked in the mirror and been like, yeah, I actually feel good and I look good and I'm like happy and I'm proud of myself. And like that should have been the end of the line. Like that should have been I'm like, yeah, I can keep going. But that should have been enough for me. I should have been like, perfect. That's what I wanted. I want to feel good and to be happy with the way I looked. Unfortunately, those times have been the times where I've been like, let me just go on the scale because I want that like numerical proof that the way that I feel and the way that I look in the mirror also matches what the number should right. be. Is translating and, some yeah. bullshit number. And like, yeah. I've always been fighting it. Like, don't go on, don't go on, don't go on. I'll be like, no, no, no I'll go because I'm going to like have proof that I've lost weight and it's going to make all of this worth it. Even though I just said that I looked good in the mirror and I felt good. Like that yeah. should have been what made it perfect, uh, well, worth it. You almost like invalidated yourself. Yeah, but I but I want to be like I just want a little bit more proof. And every single time I've gone on, I've weighed the same or more. And like one of the last times this happened, I had an actual mental breakdown. I started mm. fucking sobbing mm. because I was like, what the fuck is the point of any of this? I've been going to the gym so much and enjoying it. Key, enjoying it. So there's nothing wrong with going. Oh, see. And then, <sighs> and then thinking that I had to get this number and then that number was more. And then I was like, what the fuck is the point of any of this? This is all a scam. Like I might as well just not. And then I talked to my boyfriend at the time and he was like, what are you doing exactly? And then like I was saying, and I did like a lot of leg stuff because I love leg days mm-hmm. um, and then like a lot of like cardio and whatever and he's like what do you do for cardio and I'm like well elliptical and bike and then like I do like so much like leg stuff and part of that is because I have a shoulder injury so it's harder for me to do like arm stuff and he was like you're building fucking muscle mass the largest like muscles yeah. in your body your fucking legs legs <laughs> obviously yeah, it's gonna be more <laughs> That's not what happened. And he's like, it's literally what happened. But you telling me what your routine has been, it is like proof. Well, that and that's he's right. <laughs> and the worst part is like you're telling this story, and the worst part is like you had validated yourself. Mm-hmm. Like you had looked into yourself and authentically felt and looked good, and you were like, This is great. Mm-hmm. I know that this is true for me. But then you were went looking for that outside external validation. Totally. And that's where you got all fucked up. And that's why I don't do it anymore because it's like I got what I needed well there I you felt go. good I was enjoying working out it yeah. wasn't punishment I yeah. genuinely liked it yeah. I felt good I felt strong right I enjoyed the way my body felt I enjoyed the way my body looked like I wasn't like at any goal because I didn't really have a goal and I don't know if I'll ever fully be happy with how I look because that's just you know like it's going to take time and it's more mental than it is physical mm-hmm. but like I was happy with the process and the journey and I just wanted one more thing to like prove that for me and then that just fucking ruined it all yep. so now I'm like I don't step on scales Good. I don't don't ask me how much I weigh because I don't fucking know but that's just you not know, how I do it's it it's funny because like I always remember that you said that you you know, don't really like to use the scale. And for me, it was never like a huge issue getting on the scale. But um, this past year, for the last few months, actually, probably the full year or so. So um, getting really into dance kind of helped motivate me getting back into the gym. But getting into the gym then had a whole new focus because it was no longer about losing weight or trying to get in shape. It was all about trying to get my body to look 
not look, feel its best or to like get toned in ways that would help me like be better at dance or to or to like build stamina for dance so that I wouldn't like feel as tired doing dance and things like that. So then it became like this helpful tool, which then made me like excited to get back into the gym and try new things and different things that didn't feel like just having to do cardio for two or three hours. But since doing it more that way and getting my exercise that way and Mm -hmm. and doing things that just feel good, I've noticed that like I don't even think about the scale anymore. Like Mm -hmm. I totally just like who fucking cares? But like I don't even like have the urge to get on or because like for me, it's like when I look in the mirror, Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, I'm happy. Like I I've got a body that dances. I've got a body that now skates and roller skates and learns how to roller skate and is building stamina that way. And so it's like no longer about like any kind of weight loss goal or Mm -hmm. it's just it's just like a totally different relationship altogether. But it's a journey. It's a long journey. And it, and like you said, it's way more mental. And I think a lot of people know this. I, I'm sure everybody knows this, that it's way more mental than it is physical. And, and, you know, you can have someone say it to you until they're blue in the face. But until you start doing things that really do make you feel good and you self-validate, it's just a practice. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like strengthening that brain muscle. Well, and that's part of the problem with like we're talking here about something physical, but at the end of the day, I fully it's think mental. it's mostly mental. Absolutely. And like that's why, again, like I do feel sometimes like guilty or stupid. And like to be fair, let's just put this out there. I overthink everything. I overthink everything and I'm always thinking about what other people think and what other people are going to say and like that's a whole other issue but like that is part of the problem with me like getting validation even from posting Mm -hmm. because then I think oh that is now vain but it's like it's not because like you might think of it that way because you don't know what I'm going through or what so many people are going through but like I hate myself and my body so much like so many hours of every day that like to you you're like oh there she goes again but it's like no I am looking for an escape Mm -hmm. from the way that I normally feel like I'm posting this for some sort of like reassurance that like these thoughts in my head are not true and they're Mm -hmm. not real like please help me not think that and like then they do and then I'll look and I'm like no you know what like I do look good and Mm -hmm. sometimes it's good to even just take them and not post them because it's, it's just helpful to just like remind yourself that the shit that you're thinking is it's just that. It's just thoughts, it's especially head, yeah. when it's like no one's talking about my fucking hand. <laughs> yeah. When I'm like, but my hand looks weird. Like no one gives a or, shit. You know, the, or thinking about how you look in that dance or whatever that, yeah. you know, so many times like when I watch those videos and you're in the videos, I'm like, you're fucking nailing it. You're so, and then I'll you be like, say that to me. And I'm like, no, I'm, that one step. <laughs> oh my, okay. But so many times I'm like, Pori, this video of you you look so great and you're like yeah I, I didn't even get past the first five seconds i was like oh my gosh no wonder you're having these struggles and I was like, this is excruciating but, and i won't watch the see, rest but of the this video. is why you're struggling because you're not watching how amazing you look and like how amazing you're nailing it and just like something going for you it. always say to me is you're like i just wish i could take my eyeballs out and put them in your you head know what? For that's a second so, so funny could, like and that's when i'm like yeah can i have that for a minute because like, i have I need the it. perfect music video to show you after this that um is exactly encompassing this whole chat and also me and you. I'm going to send it to you. We're going to just play it right now. Um, we're just going to get please stand sued by for our sponsors. <laughs> <laughs> and shut down. And it didn't even start. And, and it's over. cease and desist. Thank you, no one, because no one cease is listening, because we got sued. All um, right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. <laughs> That's all we got for today. And we're done forever. <laughs> I have no money left.
One and done. One hit wonder. You should call a podcast of One Hit Wonder. Thank you for listening to One Hit Wonder. <laughs> oh, oh my god. That was a fun 90s uh, podcast. Yeah. Do you remember that show on Much Music? I freaking <laughs> loved those countdowns on Much Music. I did like too. all of them. And then you're every like, single oh, one. Yeah, what happened to that one hit wonder? They just made it so big and then just disappeared. Oh, so good though. Those songs, oh magical. Like my childhood. Isn't like the song from like the Friends theme? Like they've never done anything since because they just were able to live off the fucking royalties the from royalties the show. And they were like, who oh needs music? Can you imagine being part of Friends but not the cast? You just get royalties because of the theme song. That yeah. would be amazing. You honestly like never have to work another day in my life i guess i loved music but who cares about dreams i'm living off of this friend's dough <laughs> <laughs> that's all i need now all because of this one one fucking song. jingle um love it but, yeah uh bodies are weird but you should love them yeah i mean i think it all comes comes down to everybody i think at some point in their life yeah it does feel weird about their body and and for some people that feeling lasts a lot longer and for others maybe not for very long and for some people they're they Mm -hmm. always kind of feel that way it's just like you said it's just it's a process yeah uh you just have to like work on it work through it and i'm doing it and then i also something else i try to remind myself a lot when i do have times like this is like weight fluctuates and i just accept it like you can gain weight and you can always lose it again like in the same way that you gained it you'll lose it it's fine it happens like that's such a huge thing to remember and something else I try to tell myself a lot because for me when it comes to losing weight I'm not a I'm not a dieter mm-hmm. like that's not how yeah, I do I things. hate diets I am I super diets. anti-diet culture I they're all terrible none of them are sustainable because the way that I am too is like I could not eat a certain type of food ever but the moment I say to myself, I can't eat that because of this diet, it's all I'll fucking want. It's anxiety. And, and that's yeah. that's how I felt. That's how I would feel restricting myself eating yeah. and being like, even though I'm going to the gym and this and that, just telling myself I couldn't enjoy the things that I really loved, like chocolate. Yeah. It was like that's a punishment. Say, something I remember from when you were doing that diet the no name diet that we shall not be named um because we don't want to get sued again <laughs> the, <laughs> two, two um, lawsuits in dr. one episode keto diet. Dr. <laughs> dr keto diet i remember like that year in that summer we'd all go out and we want to go to lunch and you'd be like i'm not going to order anything or we want to go get ice cream and you'd be like i'm not going to order anything and it was like girl just fucking get the ice cream and it was just like so sad watching you because I'm like it was stressful come on and it was just I remember or like you would like look at what was in stuff and like you would order like something but it would be like way smaller and like only stuff that was like matched you know the the stuff Mm -hmm. that you could eat in the diet and it was like what is the fucking point of living if you're gonna count calories and like look at this ingredient versus this ingredient like at the end of the day who fucking gives a shit that you lost five pounds or you fit into those jeans when like when you're going out with your friends you can't even fucking get ice cream well like I was saying earlier earlier at that time was the most miserable I had ever been in my life yeah and I had been like the lowest weight that kind of acceptable goal weight Mm -hmm. that I was supposed to be but I remember being so miserable because I wasn't eating enough I wasn't eating the right things so I was constantly in a bad mood going out sucked because that diet even said that certain like fruits and vegetables you weren't supposed to eat it was such bullshit because it was even like don't eat this vegetable well it was as soon as your body 
body wasn't in that keto mode, like fat burning, they would cut fruits, you know, and then you would start to be like, what the hell am I doing? You know, you would go out during the summer to Mm -hmm. restaurants to eat. And I would just like burst out into tears to my mom because she would be like, just order something and eat it. But I would be so stressed because I was like, but you don't understand. Like for me, when it would come to dieting, it was such an all or nothing for me. Like it I couldn't give myself moderation because I felt like I felt like if I give in and I eat this thing, I can't stop myself. And this is how I quote unquote got into this mess. Yeah. Of like gaining weight, which yeah, like is not exactly which it's not that that mess. But in my head, that's what it felt like. I, like I'm going to fail. I'm going to give up. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to get on this slippery slope and I'm, I'm going to gain all this weight back. If I eat this ice cream now, then what's to stop me from eating it tomorrow and the day after? And like it was all or nothing. It's so stupid. Which gave me such an unhealthy relationship relationship with food mm-hmm. made food and food time and eating time such an anxiety like giving time that it just made every day very miserable. I would wake up really excited because I was like, oh, I can't wait. Now I finally get to eat something like I'm going to eat my meal for the day and I'd have to weigh things and it would just it would just drive Sounds me nuts, like the you know? Worst. Well, it it is. And I know this is a lot of people's realities because mm-hmm. a lot of people are are, you know, watching what they eat for a myriad of reasons yeah. and and having to gain or lose weight and and it's hard. It's really really hard and, you know, and I've totally been there. It's it's stressful, but it becomes too much because it it takes over every part of you. It, you no longer feel like yourself. You don't even feel like a human. You don't. There's no point. You're just a vessel. And then it's also interesting Because, like, food is not only there for, like, sustenance, but it is a big part of, like, enjoying life. Like, so much of, like, what's fun to do with friends. How often do we all get together just to eat, just to hang out? Yeah, we get together to go for brunch, to go for dinner, to go for coffee. And then, like, coffee isn't just literally drip coffee. It's, like, your favorite fucking mocha and that, like, yummy croissant and, like, whatever. It's, like, that's part of it, getting dessert. And being from a big, like, Middle Eastern culture, food is a big thing. Yeah, 100%. You eat, you eat, you know, you... When you say, hey, I'm full, no, there's still another course. There's still another meal. Yeah, there's still more. It never ends, which again, irony. Right. This talk back to how they treat your bodies and then they're like, you can never stop eating rice. It's They confusing. just shovel like rice into your mouth, but then they're also like, you're fat. You're like, what do you want from me? It's really confusing. Um, but I also remember when you were, okay, there's a dog going crazy outside. I don't know if you can hear it. <laughs> yeah, I can hear it's it. It's really distracting. It's like attacking It's just like in the everyone. courtyard while now. Shut up. It stopped. You told it to shut up? I think it listened to me. I told it to shut up. It was like, oh, okay. Oh, no, it's back. Anyway, I just hope it's not that noticeable. Um, I remember when you were going through that, it was also like hard, like as your friend, because mm-hmm. it was like, I know that one of the worst parts with when you're on a diet or when you're trying to lose and or gain weight mm-hmm. is like everyone being in your business mm-hmm. and it makes it that much worse when like people are like telling you like oh just eat this just eat that so it's like on one hand you don't want to do it because you're like can you just shut the fuck up and like leave me alone and like stay out of my business I'm doing what I want to do I want your support yeah but then at the same time it's like supporting you didn't feel right because if you felt like it was wrong and unhealthy for your friend who you care about you're like well I don't want to support and enable this but I also should if this is making them happy then I should support them and then like that's the thing is like at that place I don't think you were like outward showing that you were actually unhappy or maybe even admitting it to yourself like I think now in hindsight you know you were miserable but maybe you weren't even admitting it then so like maybe if you told us like I'm miserable we would have been like eat this fucking ice cream or else but because you seemed and acted happy it seemed wrong for us to tell you to stop 
Because it was like, well, if this is what she wants, like, who am I to tell her what to do? Right. And I I think it's hard because, well, I'm I'm assuming most everybody goes on some kind of journey this way. Mm -hmm. So as friends, you watch each other and even family, you watch Mm -hmm. each other go through. Even me right now, like I'm watching my brother go through like some version of the same thing. He's 20. 20 years old right now so around the same age that I was when I started kind of getting into you know all of this kind of stuff because you get your your independence you get a little older you're not in high school anymore Mm -hmm. you're transitioning and what did did people say like your early 20s are the most vain you are since you were a baby well yeah absolutely (laughs) you know the world revolves around you yeah and you're trying to find you know what works for you Mm -hmm. and you want to look and feel the way that you always envisioned that you could or should look like and Mm -hmm. So it's a journey. And even even now, me being kind of in my late 20s and watching my brother, who's 20 years old, going through it, um, it's kind of teetering that line of, you know, you have to let someone kind of experience the things they're experiencing so they can figure out what works or doesn't work for them. But at the same time, making yourself available by sharing experiences here and there so that they know, you know, if they ever are feeling really trapped or caught in a situation that's no longer serving them, they can come to you and and talk to you about it. But I know what you mean. You, you want to help people and be like, no, the way you're doing it, I know like you think you have to do it this way. You don't have to, but sometimes it's harder to hear that because it's like, you know, quit telling me what to do. It's my body. It's my autonomy. Now I want to take control of it. But you know, sometimes you don't realize until you get much older that the things that you think about your body aren't actually what you think about your body. You're still holding on. It's also hard when you're like, so you're telling me all this time people told me to lose weight and to eat a certain way. And now you're here trying to tell me that I don't need to lose it's weight. Confusing. So it's confusing. Like, it's confusing because then you start to think like, are you just trying to sabotage my like... My weight loss. Yeah, my, my weight loss. Like yeah, what you not want me. And it's like all these like negative thoughts when it's like, no, that person just cares about you. But mm-hmm. it's just... And also we didn't really know. it. We were just like dumb 20 year olds right so like yeah we didn't even have the vocabulary or the experience really to be able to properly i don't know like help you right or yeah. even like know what was going on so yeah it's just like it's all you know we've all had the journey and it's just interesting looking back on it though. totally and that's the privilege of looking back on the topic of food something else that i think is really helpful that i always think of is that saying of like one burger isn't gonna make you fat just like one salad isn't gonna make you skinny and like not necessarily like those words because there's nothing wrong with being fat and there's nothing wrong with being skinny but like the whole just like the whole idea of like you being on a diet or like not even necessarily a diet but just thinking like burgers are bad it's, it's like all that or one nothing. burger you're gonna eat isn't gonna change anything like it's fine fucking enjoy your life like there's no point of any of this if you're miserable like imagine if you like got to your fucking gold weight and and then you got like hit by a car the next day like what and then all those fucking ice creams that you let go like what's that's the point the thing. like you have to come to a point where you realize like you truly do have like one life to live and you should really enjoy it because living for other people or expectations or even living for that voice in your head like it's going to drive you nuts. You know, it'll drive you nuts because that voice in your head is all part of ego and conditioning. And it's 
like I truly don't believe any person is born to like and raised and grown up to like instinctively yeah. hate their bodies. Yeah, that makes you know, no our sense. Our bodies are incredible and do so much to survive every day. There's so much crazy shit that could kill us every single day. Mm-hmm. We're living through a pandemic right now. We can't even see the threat right now, but we we're very much aware that like it exists. Yet like our bodies try to be as resilient as they can to survive. Like anything in our heads that make us like self hate or or punish our bodies like it's that's not authentic it's not our authentic self it's not it's not your true self yeah it's a combination of like it's a combination of just what you see in like media and just like society telling you and then even things that family and friends have told you and just like coworkers or whatever but again like those people say and think those things because of society and all so it's like like it's that's a non-stop why it's not cycle yeah 100 percent. but this is how we break it this is how we become cycle breakers i think mm-hmm. like doing this podcast this is important you know people might look at you or look at like i know me looking at you even all of growing up all of high school like wow Puri is so smart she's so confident she's so friendly she makes friends so easy like she's so good at all these things like and then to like then have you say all the negative things you say about yourself and it's like what yeah how do you not see yourself the way like i see you you know it's really interesting too because it's like this weird thing of like for me, there's such a fine line, and this is like in my messed up brain, I'm saying this, such a fine line between confidence and arrogance that I'm so afraid of passing that line in that same way that I said, like, I don't want to look vain or conceited. And it's like, you're just fucking loving just yourself. Love yourself. And yet, like, to me, it's so controversial Not at all. to even be proud of the way I look. Not even all the time, but maybe just today. Mm-hmm. And post that picture today mm-hmm. because I look good. And I'm so afraid that I'm going to come across conceited. And it's like insane that it's like just loving yourself and not, not even not loving yourself, just not hating yourself right. could be seen that way. <laughs> And in that same way, like the line of modesty Mm -hmm. and like insecurity Insecurity. is like really fine for me too, where Mm -hmm. it's like I go too far into wanting to be modest and humble and be like, oh no, stop. Like even while you were just saying all those like comfortable things, it was comfortable things. All those um, like compliments about me just now. It was like all I could do not to like interrupt you with like some joke to like get you to stop because it made me uncomfortable because it's like I'm trying to be humble and and modest, but then it just like crosses the line into like deeply insecure. (laughs) So it's just about like fighting that stuff and not and recognizing it. Yeah. And again, what I was saying kind of with my point of that is like doing things like this podcast Mm because maybe looking at me, looking at you, posting videos, posting this, like, you know, whatever Mm -hmm. you think like, you know, you just feel isolated in your own problems because you see people doing things and posting things. You forget about the journey that maybe they've gone on to get to where they are and doing things like this and talking more. And even us as a friend group, like being a lot more vocal and more specific with like the things we're dealing with, really putting names to it, BDD and and um, just talking more in depth of what that looks like for you versus what it looks like for me really takes that isolation out of it. Yeah, but how like we can both have these issues, but have such different experiences with them right both yeah. like presently and in the past like with our families they're different and like mm-hmm. the way that we've dealt with them are different and the way that we're still experiencing them are so different but we still have these issues and like i am hoping that um people will listen to this and maybe see a bit of themselves even if it's just like a little bit and that mm-hmm. helps them because like i know i follow like a lot of girls on instagram who have like a lot of like body positivity mm-hmm. like 
you know, and it really, really does help me to see that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And especially when you see girls who look like you, like look not even exactly like you, but just more like you than what like the airbrushed, mm-hmm. photoshopped, mm-hmm. like perfectly lit, like photos that you normally see. It's nice to know like, oh, I, and it's funny because like I'll see those girls and I'll be like, they're fucking beautiful and they look like me, but why am I not calling myself beautiful? Right. So I know for me, it's like, I have to work on that and then also remind myself that it's not being conceited to just not hate myself. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm hoping that this will help other people too. I think it'll help I mean, other it even help me just talking about it. I was going to say that, you know, <laughs> and at the end of the day, like it'll help you and it'll help us and us talking about it. And mm-hmm. it's important. It's important to talk. It, there's never too many mm-hmm. conversations like this out there. You know what I mean? I know there's this thing of, oh, do we need another po- do we need another podcast about this? But there I think there will never be enough conversations like this out there and for people to have access to this it's everything also you like know? seeing yourself in the people talking about it because like exactly there's obviously it brings like us an together. endless amount of podcasts out there an endless mm-hmm. like endless amount of topics mm-hmm. but at the end of the day like i'm a woman of color mm-hmm. you're a woman of color and we're talking about this and it's like it's also nice to sometimes even see yourself represented in a podcast like oh I hear about this being talked about, but it's not always by people who might look like me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's also like huge and hopefully people can relate and it'll be nice for them to see themselves represented or hear themselves represented. Absolutely. In a podcast. I know the times that I felt obviously the most validated and the most seen is when I've seen representation of mm-hmm. the way I feel or an experience I've had or um, seeing someone who has a similar culture or background to me you, you like, know don't even notice how much representation matters sometimes until you see yourself represented until you see it it's 100%. like the moment like you don't like people who think that that hashtag representation matters doesn't mean anything it's like because you've always been represented you don't get what mm-hmm. it means like i remember when nasim pedrad was mm-hmm. on snl and when she was on it i honestly think she was the funniest one on there mm-hmm. but i also loved her because she was a persian woman who was funny and i was like how fucking often do you see that mm-hmm. and then also like like, even when you do, they're, like, pretending to be something else. And it was just so, like, nice to see that representation. Um, yeah, and it's just, like, anytime we see that. Like, if you see some yourself represented in any way, it's it's just nice to know that you're not alone. Even uh, this past season of Drag Race, I know you don't watch Drag Race, but we've talked endlessly about it with uh, our other Drag Race group. But after 12 seasons... They finally had a Persian drag queen on. That's insane. Yeah, was, that's amazing. It was, you should have seen the energy in our group chat. Like when Jackie Cox, mm-hmm. who came out like fully like embracing the Persian Iranian culture, she came in there with her like, you know, speaking Farsi, like she would say, Salamati boys, and like all these, it was just like all these little moments. And there was this one lip sync that she did. And I will like literally never forget forget it because she was in the bottom too. She did this lip sync and the theme was like, you know, all like American like outfits. Like their outfits were supposed to be like the American something like representing America. Yeah, patriotic and or whatever. It's something patriotic, but 
her outfit, she wore essentially, um, you know, like traditional Middle Eastern garb, nice. uh, like hijab and everything in, in the colors. Mm-hmm. But then it was very like representative of her being like Persian and Iran. And, and they were singing Firework by Katy Perry and dancing around. And I remember seeing her dance and, and like the flag. And it was just like so emotional that like me, MASH, like we were all like crying and like Mahalia and like just being like, wow, how amazing. I was going to say, like, I didn't even see it, and it's still making me emotional just to hear it. It was so amazing, you know? Like, And it, her talking about, like, her experience of, like, having Persian parents and, like, mm-hmm. the experience of being queer and, like, mm-hmm. you know, coming out and being accepted and or not being very accepted by mom and this and that. But it was just so nice to see, like, a piece of something that, like, I know is so well and you know so well totally. and in our friend group we know so well because we come from that culture. But then to see it on a main stage or to see it on a major network or on TV and and being celebrated in a positive way, you know, not negatively in the news. It just meant so much that we would literally be overcome with emotion every time. Like we would just cry and it just felt so good. And the more opportunities people have to see themselves in every way, whether it's mental health through a podcast or their culture on TV or on a queer TV network, like that's what life's all about. It also that's- helps you think like oh I can do it too exactly because like that's part of the issue is like when you're consistently throughout your whole life not seeing yourself represented Mm -hmm. especially in things that you aspire to do Mm -hmm. or aspire to be you start to think oh that's not for me then like this is a dream I have but I'll never do it so what's the point you limit yourself so like you'll often like strive to see that right in other people but it's like when you can't see it for so long and you're yearning for it you eventually hopefully will think okay then I'll be that and like for me that's storytelling because like I've always loved storytelling and like what I want to do is write and direct and like it's really sad how few female writers there are female directors there are and then especially women of color directors and like I'm always looking for that show or that movie and like there are some and it's getting better like definitely there's the representation is getting better on screen it's still not as good behind the camera in terms of like writing and directing and producing but it's getting better but then I like realized a few years ago I'm like obviously if I want to see it I have to do it Mm -hmm. because like I can't wait around for it to fucking happen like how long am I going to have to wait and then also when I do see it then I'm going to be like well why didn't I fucking do that I could have done that well there you go you got to be the change that you want to see yeah and you know you wait around so long to see it that eventually you're like what am I waiting for why don't I just be a part of that thing that I want to see and that way like when you start doing it then other people then get the confidence to join you and then you start being trailblazers for younger generations. Yeah, because like that's what happens when we see it, right? Well, exactly. Like we see someone else who kind of, even sometimes kind of, like how often has it been that the representation isn't even that? It's like a teeny tiny bit what you are and you're still like, yes! (laughs) So it's like, well, what if I can be that for someone, you know? Well, exactly. And like, I feel like we're winding down and this has been a really good talk. Um, I do know that if we didn't end it, you and I could probably talk forever fucking ever. So we probably should end it, but I'm excited to have you back for other topics, including skating and just like so many other things to do with, you know, 
mental health and depression and anxiety and other stuff like that. Yeah. Well, this was fun. This was great. Um, we definitely have a lot to say. So <laughs> I feel like this is the podcast. Like, here's a ton of information and us talking forever. You got to like strap yeah. in. <laughs> Honestly, like this, if we talked for so long that if anyone even listens to it all the way through, which I hope you do, they're probably going to do that thing where they like speed up the voice and then we sound like chipmunks, which <laughs> yeah, I hate that's doing. What I'm saying. Like, there's just but the so thing much is, we already talk so fast that I think if you did that, it would straight up be like. <laughs> It's like Animal Crossing. Yeah, it would be. Ter- don't do that. Please don't do that. <laughs> I mean, do what you want. Whatever. But. <laughs> No, it's good. You just got it. They are all going to buckle in and get ready to uh, feel real good about yourself after five hours. Yes. Five hours of talking. This was fun, though. I loved it. Yeah, I liked it. This was great. Thank you for joining me. Yeah, of course. I would be back anytime. Uh, I'm excited for the next time. Thanks, listeners, if you're out there. They're definitely out there. And until next time. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. That was fun.